the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. should have woke someone up this morning. Good morning to everyone. This is Reverend Dr. Donna Ganny, and I'm joined here with Minister Belinda McKenzie, also Minister Gloria Vasquez, and we also have our dear sister Jacqueline Rogers with us this morning. And we're going to be talking about um, what Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24 for the last days and the end times. And we're going to uh, do a discovery of what it's all about in Matthew 24. Now, we have already went, covered Matthew 24, 1 through 22. We talked about the great tribulations last week. So if you'd like to, you can please go back and listen to the prior uh, sessions that we had and learn about Matthew 24, the Jesus prophetic message about the last days. I think every one of us want to know what we are going to face in these last days, and we also want to be prepared, and we, we, want, we have a solution for it as well that you can take action on and walk away and know that you are going to inherit the kingdom of God just as we all desire to do. Uh, again, welcome uh, everyone here with us this morning, and we're going to start off with Matthew 24. Before we do that, may I ask um, Jacqueline Vasquez to pray for us as we start off. Did you mean Gloria Vasquez? I'm sorry, ja- I'm sorry, Jacqueline Rogers, please. <laughs> Praise God, that's all right. <laughs> I thought maybe there was somebody else on the call with my name. <laughs> Praise be to God. Lord God, we come to you right now this morning, Lord God, as your humble servants, oh God, lifting up the mighty in the name of Jesus, oh God. Lord God, we praise your holy name, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you do all things well, Lord. Father God, we ask, Lord God, that we come and we confess our sins before you, Lord God. Anything that we have done, Lord God, 
that may not have been pleasing in your sight, oh, God. We ask you to forgive us, oh, God. And we thank you, Lord God, yet again for having this opportunity, Father God, to come and to speak to these, your people, oh, God. Lord God, we thank you right now, Lord God, that every prayer, every supplication, and every divine revelation that you will reveal to us on today, Lord God, that it will definitely come from you, Lord God, that you will manifest as well, Lord God, the interpretations, Lord God, the revelations, whatever it is that you want us to know, Lord God, our hearts and our minds are open to receive from the Lord on this day. And we thank you and we give your name all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. So um, I'm excited about this Matthew 24, and I hope everyone else is. And we're going to start off by reading Matthew 24, starting from verse 23. And we're going to read down to, let me make sure that I capture all that need to be um, in this. We're going to read through to 36. Matthew 24 through um, verse 23 through 36. So I'm starting off and I'm reading. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So I have told you ahead of time. And um, I want to ask if uh, Minister Jacqueline, if you have your Bible there, if you can read for me. Um, Matthew 24, verses 23 through 36. Okay. I have the King James, and I also have the New King James. That's why why I'm asking you to pick up and read, because I I accidentally... um, From the King King James, I'm reading. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall shew great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branch is yet tender and put it forth leaves. Ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. 
Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass, so all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, <coughs> but my words shall not pass away. Of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Um, Minister Belinda, please share what the Lord have given you and what we just have read there about the false prophets, uh, starting from verse 23, the, uh, where he said, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, leave it not, for there shall arise false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, in so as much that if it were possible, they will deceive the very elect. Hmm. Very deep. Minister Belinda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. that already with mm-hmm. the false prophets, you know, telling people that Jesus is coming. And uh, when they say that, you know it's false if you know the scriptures because it says no man know it, not even the angels. Uh, Jim Jones was one. Deceived a lot of people. Uh, I can't think of that other man that they burnt down the compound in Utah, uh, claimed to be a prophet and deceived people. But I mean, you, you're seeing people right now. You know, this word is fulfilling itself. You have people saying, but the opposite. What they're saying is how, whether they're living, is a reflection because he says, you know, the tree by the fruit it bear. God's word does not lie. You can speak one thing, but if the life shows another thing, then there's falsity. And if they're speaking and saying, well, I'm a prophet from God, and going out of the scriptures, you know it's not real. And the enemy will produce signs of oneness, and you're seeing that now, you know, uh, miracles. But it doesn't mean it's God. But he said, if possible, that means that uh, if you're not seeking God, you're not praying and uh, letting the spirit of truth that comes only from God reveal to you what is true and false, you'll be deceived. And that's awesome. Amen. That's good. And um, Minister Gloria Vasquez, you know, that's a pretty deep word when we talk about the very elect uh, possibly mm-hmm. being fooled. What, what did the Lord uh, give you as you were going over the um, that scripture You know We have the kingdom of God And then we have the kingdom of the world And it's not like the kingdom of the world Is ignorant Of the fact that There is God And that there is The truth of God um, And that he's coming back They choose Intentionally to rebel But that doesn't mean That they're they, they're totally not aware of God. They choose to rebel against him. They choose to reject him intentionally. So then they try to mimic, you know, they have to set up their own uh, theology or their own, uh, they have to imitate everything of the kingdom. And so they set up all these false prophets false Christ. Everything is deception and false because they want to deceive. Uh, it's not enough that 
they know they're going to die and be judged, but they want others to fall away from the true God. So they have a, a very definite agenda of deception, and part of it is to present false prophets and false teachers of false uh, theology, false doctrine, false Bibles. They will literally print false Bibles. Um, so it's, uh, uh, if the elect are not uh, in the word and getting a true word, uh, it, it's like having a counterfeit dollar. You know, if, if you don't really know the real dollar, you can easily be deceived by a counterfeit one. So the idea is to study the real one so that you, you're, you, when you see a counterfeit one, you can easily identify it as a counterfeit. Uh, and and that, that's what I get out of it. Uh, that I think it's not a not knowing. It's an intentional deception when when false prophets and false teachers are presenting uh, a false theology. I totally agree with you, absolutely. And um, uh, we, I agree that we are beginning to see these things. We have been seeing it for many years now, and um, there are many people being fooled. And how how are they being fooled? What what can, um, of course, we're going to have the solution at the end of this. How can someone be equipped and empowered not to fall under the influence of these um, false uh, uh, pollution, polluted words and these, uh, these strange acts that are occurring that are not of God? Um, Sister Jacqueline, please share your thoughts in this area. Pretty much um, agree with everything that has been said, and also just want to add that you know it, it's the very thing it's happening right before our eyes, and this is scripture that said it's printed in red in in most Bibles, and you know that that's Jesus speaking, and He being you know God incarnate, if He's telling you that, you know, these false prophets are coming and the false Christ and they're going to deceive the very elect, that, that's serious. So that means even the more, and of course, you know, that scripture is written to the, the Bible is written to the saints. It's not written to unbelievers. It's written to, written to the saints and showing mm-hmm. them those that do believe how to behave. So it is it's, it's adamant that we take the word of God very seriously, because he, if he tells you that there's a possibility that the saints can be deceived, then you know that you have to be on your A game, so to speak, in today's vernacular, because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And for every good thing that God has created, and you saw back even with the Egyptians, there's going to always be a counterfeit that almost looks just like wow. What 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 God has done, you know, the the Egyptian gods, they turned their liquid into into blood. They made it red, you know. They did some things with you know with fire and so forth that we um that Moses had even done. They came, they were running neck and neck with the things of God, you know. Even though it was deceptive that they were doing, but they still had their their version of it. And we really, really, really got to be careful, and you got to be decisive in these days, and you got to stand, and you know that's why the word says study to show mm-hmm. thyself approved, a worker mm-hmm. who need not be ashamed, because there can come a time when you can be embar- embarrassed by the very thing that you thought was so real, 
So when mm-hmm. you come to find out that it's not real, it is embarrassment. It's embarrassing to believe something, you know, have because most of the time when you believe, I mean, you really believe it. You know, take, for instance, sometimes in relationships, you know, with women, sometimes we think that, yes, that is the man. You know, he's, he's doing all the right things, you know, because they'll come to church for a minute. You know, they'll come suited up, some of the men and the false prophets. So, you know, they come and they appear. Like the Bible says, you know, you have the appearance of, of evil, but you walk not in the power of it. So we have to learn to be fruit inspectors, and we can't just take people at what they say. You have to sit back and see, now, I see what you're saying, but let me see what you're doing if it's adding up to that, because it's going to be the very elect, like Scripture says, excuse me, that are going to be um, pulled away, because the Bible talks about a falling away. It's going to happen. It is going to happen, but you as believers, we have to do our part to ensure that we stay as close to God as possible and study the word and and, and not allow deception to overtake us as individuals because it's coming. And some of it's unfortunate because we see it now. There are pastors who are out here, you know, telling people things that are not true, but because they don't read their word, they believe it. You know, I myself, I've been in a church before if I had been geared and in, 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 um, taught to study the word, I could walk in there and I was like, oh, the presence of God is not in here. And I couldn't wait for that service to get over so I could go to a service where I could be fed because I went to support someone who was being getting baptized, you know, because they, they make that a big to, to do in a service, you know. And it is, to be honored because you're standing up and you're letting people know that you want to follow after Christ. But every service, you know, God doesn't show up in every house of worship. And you got to be able to know and discern that if this is God or that's not God, because, again, it says the very elect, the very elect. So it's the saints that's really got to be aware because the devil knows the word. He knows the word. He knows the scripture. He came at, he came at Jesus talking about scripture, you know, and Jesus had to tell him, no, because he told him, send your angels down here. Let them, let, them, let them look after you. If you fall down there, they'll pick you up because that's what the word says. But Jesus told him, no, because that's not the time for me to be doing these things, and that's not the will of my Father. So we really have to stay in prayer and stay prayed up and know that if that's God talking to you, you got to know that that's God, and it's not your emotions talking to you because we get led away by our emotions because, you know, we get caught up in those things of wanting, especially sometimes I only can see from a woman's point of view, you know, wanting love and wanting attention because it's nice. It's nice to be cared for, but you got to be careful who's caring for you and what are they doing. You know, we, we really have to, be, have to be on alert in these last and evil days because the enemy, you know, the fire, it's, the heat is being turned up even the more. It's important that we be um, watchmen on the walls and we're watching for Satan because he's coming to pick off the very elect. Amen. That's all I'm going to say for that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. That, that's so true. He is, and God said he's going to, what, judge you in the house of God first. So mm-hmm. um Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is in us. And if the kingdom of God be in us, then we have to be awake because that means he's going to come and cleanse us first. Uh, he's coming to um, work on us first. So what are is the body of Christ doing? Um, the Bible talks about reading from verse 25. It says, Behold, I have told you before 
Wherefore, mm-hmm. if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For whosoever the, the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Mm. Now, now, Let's look at this. I want to back up a little bit, too, because when we talk about Christ, that word there, it means anointed. How many people are standing up saying, I'm anointed um, in this hour? There, there are many people standing up and saying, I'm, I'm anointed, um, without the reflection of, you know, without the open display of Jesus Christ, uh, without the open display of the gifts. Uh, open display of the Holy Spirit or open display of the glory being revealed. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Um, because many, you know, the the last part I just read, many people are moving to and fro looking for Jesus when Jesus is everywhere. And Jesus is waiting for you to accept him inside of you uh, so he can live and abide with you, Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, Minister Belinda, share your thoughts in that area. Yes, <clears throat> yes. Uh, people have a wrong definition of anointing. You know, they're looking and seeking after people, and and a lot of times that anointing is not there. It's a falsify. But they're not realizing anointing comes from God. And you can stand before God in prayer. You know, God is the giver of that anointing, and he's not limited to a building. You know, you can feel the power of the living God in your home. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm saying being wise. I'm not saying that church is, you know, but I've come to the realization that church is within us. Mm -hmm. And if we're not lined up, and we're not seeking after the truth and the true anointing from God. Because, see, God is not perverted. He cannot be two gods. He's only one God. And his word is true. He will not work at word. So, uh, and he says he's coming for a building, you know. But it is, I mean, building his church. That's us. So there has to be a realization of what that word means. He's coming after lively stones. You know, that means a living stone. How do you live connected to the vine? You know, Jesus is the cornerstone. If Jesus is not the cornerstone, then there's falsity. Mm-hmm. So that anointed, you know, you've got to reach to a place that God is with you at all times and his power is with you at all times. Because his power is his word. The power is his truth. It's, and it's not, uh, uh, there is the laying of hands, but that's not the end result. And this is something you have to, you have to see and feel for yourself. You know, and God is, more than willing. He said, seek after me. 
You know, you have to seek and hunger after God. And he said, if you knock on his door, you know why I will turn you away. So, I mean, I've had, I have seen the power of God in, it, in its reality. The anointing falling on me in, it, in my home, the power of God, the revelations. It's not just connect, it's in it. He said this was given freely, freely received, you know, freely given. But we have made a mockery of this. Mm-hmm. You got to come be an anointed. Let's get this anointed. You know, and, and we got to pay for this. No, we ain't got to pay for it. He gave it to us freely. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, it's not like I can't, well, I got to get with this person. And he he has the anointing. And I've got to, you know, you better, who is the anointing? Where did it come from? Yes, It came yes. from God. You better get connected to God. Yes, yes, yes. And then you'll know what is real and what's not. Because yeah, if I don't have that, that, that deep connection with him, I, you know, what happened to this man, Mandela? He spent 20-something years in prison. Who was anointing him? Who was touching him? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if you're not around anybody? If you're just limited to people and your foundation mm. is this junk, I'm going to call it what it is, it's junk and it's filthy before God's eyes. Mm. Mm. We, we have prostituted God's word. Amen. But, you know, mm. it doesn't mean anything to God because you could read in the scripture, he says, you assemble yourselves. And he said, and you call yourselves my ministers, but I'm not there. He's not even there. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And, and you know, when, we, when we're talking about the kingdom of God within you, um, Luke yes. chapter 17, verse 20, I'm reading, and it says, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees with, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. Um, that, was, that was a hard word, word for them to take because they couldn't understand it because of the carnal mindset. And and it's something that comes by being walking and being led by the Spirit of God. It's not something that comes by our own uh, way of thinking, uh, our own form of information or ideologies or uh, the way that we set things into order. It comes only by relationship with God, being in covenant with the Lord and seeking Him in truth and spirit. Not not just going uh, to somewhere because you you want uh, them to speak something over you and say, oh, you're going to be blessed. That's more like going to a psychic, you know, yeah. waiting for a psychic to give you a word. It's, that's not the kingdom of God. We're, we're, when we're looking for the Lord, we're looking for the Lord, not for uh, things for ourselves. We're not going and looking because the kingdom of God is in us and we're going to be ignited, iron sharpening, iron together in the midst of each other in fellowship. Not that we're going looking for someone else to ignite us. There has to be a time of growth. 
in the body of Christ. So if we uh, just keep coming sitting on the pew every Sunday and we're not going, we're not uh, getting to the point of where the Holy Spirit is in us and going with us everywhere we go, we're, there's no change. Are we really born again? Or are we really born again in the eyes of God is the question. Because I can say, Lord, uh, uh, before man, I can do an open display before man. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I go home and I'm a different person. I don't have any relationship with God at all. Am I really born again? Did I just say it from my outer course? Did I just say it from the outer courts and I never entered into the Holy of Holies because I want to surrender all. I won't let go of all of these things and say, Lord, yes, have, have your way with me. There's a, a point in time that we have to move higher. So the kingdom of God is something that is within us. It's not something that's reflected outwardly. It's something that is inwardly. And it has to be built up unto the order of our Lord and Savior in his sovereign will for mankind. And so it's not the way I want to see it, the way that someone else wants to see it. It is reflected by his, what, word of God. So, um, Minister uh, Gloria, please share your thoughts about people that are going to and fro, looking for a word uh, from God when. The Holy Bible is right there. What does the Lord share with you in that area? You know, um, this topic is so interesting, uh, and yet it is—it's something that's very evident. Um, but it's, it's again—it's it, in our midst, and we're not looking at it clearly. Sometimes. Sometimes things are so obvious in in our midst, and we just take things for granted, and we don't even see them anymore because we've become spiritually blinded and desensitized. Um, we, hello, hello. We hear you. We hear you fine. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting a lot of like snapping. Um, you know, in the world today. We have a, a lot of things defined in a way that is spiritually, uh, uh, politically correct, but we can also say spiritually uh, correct. People want to, people want to blur the lines between different theologies, between different doctrines, and there are a lot of doctrines, and many are not of God. And so we have, they use the same jargon. They use the same, uh, you know, that, again, we had said earlier that there's deception and there's a lot of mimicking of the true kingdom by a false kingdom. And so we have here a word anointing or anointed, and it means something to the kingdom of God. It means to be separated unto God for holiness. Uh, the, the Lord uh, anoints certain people, the priests, the kings of old in Israel, the prophets, so that he could use them to speak his holy word and bring forth a true word, uh, bring forth a true word to the people. But now you have a false kingdom and it's trying to mimic everything and 
they use the same uh, verbiage or the same jargon that's in the Bible. So they'll use words like anointing, and then they set up all these false things. You know, you can go to a tarot card reader, and, you know, she'll, say, she'll tell you she's anointed. You can go to a palm reader, and she'll tell you she's anointed. Uh, you can go to somebody who uh, writes their own books on, on uh, uh, demonic books, and they'll tell you they're anointed. So, again, we've got to know for ourselves the word of God. And that's how we become anointed, because through the word of God that transforms our hearts and renews our own minds, then we become anointed by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us when we receive Jesus Christ. Uh, so then we can discern what is of God and what is not of God. What is the anointing of God on a person? When someone is preaching to us, you know, earlier sister said that she was in a, in a, in a service and she wanted to get out of there. Why? Because she could discern that it was not a message of God. Okay, there was an anointing on her that said to her, you know, she had those spirit ears to hear. And, and she could discern clearly that this, this is not of God. I think I need to get out of here. I need to go find a true word for, you know, for myself. So we have to be careful in today's world. Uh, we have a lot of mimicking, a lot of false teachers, a lot of false prophets, uh, a, a lot of people presenting themselves as Christ. But it's not just that they're showing up and looking pretty. They're, they're speaking, they're communicating, they're bringing a message, they're influencing. And they've got a lot of people listening, and then those people spread their false word as well. Okay, a parent that goes to false teachers, I, I promise you, that person will go home and start teaching their children some false things. And then that child will grow up with a, with, with a confused theology. So we've got to um, understand that in our world today, just as they have redefined what God calls marriage, one man, one woman, now they have redefined what marriage and family is. Uh, they've redefined a lot of things in our, in our culture, in our day, in, our, in, in this age. Um, so we've got to be careful who we're listening to, and just because they're using words that are familiar to us in the Bible doesn't mean that the, their definition of that word is correct or how they're presenting uh, the word that, that, it would, that it's the true word of God. We've got to know the word of God for ourselves. That's all. Amen. We have to be very prayerful and seeking um, the sovereign will of God that is in that word. And it can't just come by one scripture. It has to be reading the full context. Um, for instance, like with Paul, he builds a case in the beginning, and then he, prevents, he provides the full conclusion in of most of his writings. So um, because he was a Sadducee, he was uh, sitting in the place of a lawyer over the word. So that's how he um, wrote. So if you don't read the full scripture, you will miss uh, the actual sovereign will or the inspiration that God gave him when he was writing. So it's very important to read the full word of God 
to get the, the at least the whole chapter of what you're in so you can find out what is God saying, not to get the opinions of man, not to, even to get our opinions, but to uh, revelate, get the revelation of God out of it. What is the mysteries that the Lord is feeding you out of it? And you have to be prayerful and allow the Holy Ghost to work in you. So you have to surrender in order to receive. Um, and I want to read in um, the the next part of it, but um, before we go there, I just want to give an example of um, a, a false prophecy that was going on in the time of Jeremiah and what God told Jeremiah in um, his word. So I'm reading in Jeremiah 14, verse 13 through 15, and it says, um, well, God is coming to Jeremiah, and he's telling him not to even pray for the people for their good because um, he said, even when they fast, I will not even hear their cry. When they offer burnt offerings and oblations, I will not accept them. But, I, you know, I'm not going to go uh, so on. But, it, you know, he wasn't happy with the people. And so Jeremiah is responding back to God, and he's saying, then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say unto them, ye shall not see the sword, neither shall you ye have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. Now, this is what the prophets are telling the people uh, as Jeremiah is going out and saying, you know, hum, like humble yourself. Uh, God is, these things are coming and you need to. Um, you know, submit unto God again, and and uh, there, here's these false prophets going out and stirring the people up and saying, uh, "You will, I will give you." They saying, "I them themselves will give you assured peace in this place." So they have even taken God out of it, and they're just saying that they are going to give them assured peace in this place. And then the Lord said unto me, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you false visions and divination, and a thing of naught, and the deceit of their hearts. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not, yet, yet they, they say, Sword and famine shall not be in the, this land, but sword and famine shall be, uh, shall those prophets be consumed. Now, um, there's uh, many people that are going out and they speaking that euphoric uh, type of uh, message. There's going to be peace if we just love each other and all is going to be well and you're assured and, um, you know, but no, not, not one of them will say God said. So, uh, Minister Belinda, please share your thoughts in that area. I could give testimony to that. Excuse me, hold on. Okay, I'm back. I could give testimony to that. That is very relevant. I've experienced that myself. That, uh, uh, the falsity that people, and they will say, I, is a key uh, trigger to know. Because if you look at the scriptures, Jesus said to the people, 
These are not my words, but these are words of my Father who sent me. Okay? So that's an alignment. He tells you, it's not my thought, it's not my word, but the word of God. And I don't belong in none of it. And when Jeremiah, and uh, God gave me a word to give to the church to unveil something that had been going on. Person, the Lord said, is going to try to counterfeit. They've already gone behind the doors and said she's coming out and she's going to say things to pull me down. But God told me to get the word anyway. The very thing that God said was done. Another, another person got up and said, well, this person has prayed for you and your family and done this. God didn't say, I owe a man anything. And anybody that comes to an individual saying, well, you know, I've done this. You haven't done anything. God has done it. I is not in it. It's God. So, so this, basically yeah, what you're saying is, so basically what you're saying there is that um, also there's a tendency for um, possibly some uh, prophetic leaders out there that may be holding people into bondage after yes. they do. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, so yes. Jacqueline, share your thoughts on that area, please. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'll, Reverend um, Betty, I can also attest to that, too, where, you know, leadership, you know, wants to um, hold you hostage like, you know, they think that if you you come into the ministry and they've seen some growth in you because you, in fact, have studied the word and have grown up in the things of God because of what God has done in you and through you, they want to look at you like, um, and, and if God prompts on you to leave, you know, a ministry, and people have to realize that, you know, and I and I, I make this a point to share with people, I, I follow the God of the ministry, not the man or woman of God of the ministry, because you got to be able to know that if the leader starts talking out the side of his neck, your antennas need to go up and be like, you know, I, that's not what my Bible says, you know, and then you go to God and you have to be able to study that, but then when leadership tells you, you know, you're where you are because what I've done for you, you know, and I myself personally have to personally, you know, with all due respect, remind a man, a woman of God, and told them you were just the vessel that God used to bless me because he was going to bless me anyway. <laughs> he was going to do what he did for me anyway. You just made yourself available because if he couldn't use you, he would have used somebody else because his will is going to be done. And that's where some people in leadership, you know, they become puffed up into thinking that these are their people. This is the body of Christ, and we all belong to God. You know, he allows you to to shepherd over people, and sometimes your flock will move around, but you shouldn't want to hold people hostage, if they, especially if they heard from God that your season is up here in this ministry, and I and I have leaders you someplace else. And if you don't, you're not leaving the kingdom of God. You're just going to fellowship someplace else because the Lord has need of you to be there because this particular ministry needs um, needs the anointing that God has placed in you. And each and every one of us as, as, as members in the body, we have to realize that God has given to each and every one of us that which he 
has already determined from the beginning of time what we need and where we're going to be useful and where he's going to use us at. And no man should want to hold another man hostage with their gifts, you know, and things of that nature, you know. So I've seen that happen firsthand of what um, leadership and stuff can do, you know, to, to their members. And that, to me, is a sense of false prophecy because you have now tried to put your place, yourself in the place of God. You know, and even the shepherd has to be held unto unto God to be to obey God. You know, and He sets people up in places. Yes, there is your leaders, and because God does everything in decency and in order. But when it becomes to a, abuse of power in ministry, God is not pleased with that. And you yourself, you got to be able to know. That's why the Bible says to study thyself, thyself, because you have to be able to know when something is off kilter. Something should be arrested in you that says that don't that doesn't sound like my God, you know. And each and every one of us has to have our own relationship with God, but it, it's a constant. And I believe um, uh, Minister Belinda has said this previous, probably the previous week, or maybe on one of the prayer calls. It's a constant, continual relationship with God. You have to you have to constantly be communing with Him if you want to always be walking in that power and that authority and that anointing that He's placed upon you. Because it's almost like um, like if you don't study a subject and you you don't use it for a while, or even riding a bike, yeah, you can you can know how to ride the bike, but your skills will not be as um, to at optimum condition as if you were studying and riding and reading all the time on a regular, consistent basis. You'll be able to go in there and maybe you can tap into some of the anointing, but you're not going to fully flow in that level of anointing that God wants us to be operating in in order to be able to have that power of God, it's a sacrifice. you got to be able to spend time, you know, with God. And I know I may have crossed over a few things what we were talking about, but that was kind of stirring in my spirit when I was hearing them speak because out of my own testimony that it has, I, I experienced it personally. People have to put their trust in God and not so much in man, you know. And the Bible says don't put any trust in the flesh. And he, it means all of our flesh because we shouldn't be, you know, putting too much trust in our own flesh, going with our emotions and things of that nature because God, he's not emotional in that regard. He goes according to his word. And if what you're seeing and feeling and thinking is aligned up with the word, then you should be, you know, feeling some kind of way. And that's where you have to check yourself because at the end of the day, the word has to be the measuring rod. And that goes mm-hmm. for everybody, every leader. If it's if it's not lining up with the word theology, you know, I tell people all the time, it's not yeah. something that I said. It's what God has said, and that's so what, what we have to obey. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Amen, Amen. But um, now let's look at this because we want to look at a real prophet here. Um, you know, and God, like Jeremiah too, God gave him things to say. And mm-hmm. it was from God. It wasn't from the prophet. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't think that Jeremiah was saying, fear me. I think he was saying, fear the Lord, um, which is a big difference. Um, and I don't think Samuel was ever saying, fear me. He was saying, fear the Lord. And everything that he revelated had to do with God. It connected people back to God. Mm-hmm. Um when we look at uh, Samuel, 
um, in his youth, in his young um, age, when God was first revealing himself to him. And even thereafter, in uh, 1 Samuel, um, I want to say that I'm in Samuel chapter 3, I'm reading from verse 19. It said, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. So, you know, we have um, a lot of false prophets out there that they they decree things and it never happens. People get wearied and, and, and they leave the environment and they don't trust anyone out there that may have a true prophetic word coming from God anymore. But most of the time, if it is a, a real prophet, they're going to direct the person to who? God. They're going to direct it. They'll have something about connecting them back to God. It doesn't have anything to do with the outside, outworld, because it's edification, letting them know that God is who he is. Now, can we say that, no, we can cage this? No, we cannot, because we also had the prophet Elijah and the prophet Elisha, and um, there was a woman who was directed to go and solve her problem with her children, with the uh, the widows, the oil. So we it still reflects on God, though. It still reflects on God. When Naaman came, you know, it still reflected on God because, you know, he kind of admonished him not to go and serve those other gods anymore. So what are your thoughts in that area, Minister Gloria? Uh <clears throat> You know, I, I, I love Paul uh, because when he ministered, he would always make reference. And I, I just wanted to, I wanted to show you how he spoke. When, when he spoke even about his own authority that was given to him. Um, for instance, in 2 Corinthians 10, 8, he says, for even if I boast somewhat about our authority. So he understands that he does have an authority. He, he, he's an apostle, he's a servant of the Lord, and he's knowing that he is anointed and that that anointing affords him a certain authority. And so he, he's addressing it and he's admitting the authority. Uh, he's telling them, I've got this authority over you, uh, but watch the humility with which he speaks here. He says, for even if I boast somewhat further about our authority, which the Lord gave. So he gives it the credit back to the Lord for everything, even his authority, uh, for building you up and not for destroying you, I will not be put to shame. So he says, even if I boast a little bit about my authority, I'm not going to be put to shame. Why? He understands that it's easy to get a pride. If, if uh, he lets the flesh rise up, that authority can give him uh, a pride. So he admits to the authority, but quickly he just brings it down again. And he, he gives the credit to the Lord. Here in um, uh, 1310, again, uh, 2 Corinthians 1310, um, let, let me go, I'm sorry, let me go to, uh, I'm going to go to uh, uh, Col- Colossians 2 verses 8 through 11. 
See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. And again, here he's talking about who would take them captive, false teachers, false uh, prophets, people that are setting themselves up as uh, leaders bringing false doctrine. So he says to them, see to it that no one takes you captive through false philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. So he's acknowledging, Paul is acknowledging that there are those out there that are bringing a message. They are presenting themselves as influential, as leaders possibly. He understands that there are some out there that are going to bring another message, another, um, another doctrine. And he's making a distinction between their word and what the word of the Lord is. And he mentions Christ specifically. For in him, meaning in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form in Christ Jesus. He keeps pointing them to the Lord. In verse 10, it says, and in him, you have been made complete. And he, again, referring to Christ, is the head over all rule and all authority. So Paul is not denying that in the world there is rule and authority. There are hierarchies of of, uh, leadership. But he is making a very distinct statement here saying you've got to remember who has all authority. And it is Jesus Christ. And then in verse 11, he says, and in him, uh, you also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, meaning it's not of the world, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, meaning we don't live in fleshly things walking in, uh, in the world, we live by the Spirit. And we are in covenant. That circumcision represents a covenant with Christ. A covenant, what does the covenant mean? It's a covenant of holiness. We know who we belong to. There's a lot of leaders out there. There's a lot of teachings out there. There's a lot of words. There's a lot of influence. There's a lot of philosophy. But we know whose we are. We are of a circumcision. We are of a covenant. That circumcision represents covenant. We are of Christ, and our authority is in Christ. How? Through the word of God. So Paul, you know, he, he's, he's not ignorant. Paul was a man. He was, he was out there at one time. I mean, he was killing Christians at one time. And he was very aware of what the world offered, what the world was bringing, how the world presented it, how they organized themselves, uh, and how powerful they were in the different medias that they used to present philosophy through uh, academia, through uh, communications, through uh, whatever they had in his day, through the writings. So he was aware of all of that, but he understood that there was an authority that was not of the world, that was higher than the world. It was not of the flesh, it was of the spirit, and it was through Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and that's what I want to bring. 
Amen. Bless the Lord in that because that is what is so key that it must be in Christ Jesus. Okay, because um, in all things, in order for the right fruits to be produced, it has to be in Jesus Christ. Um, it and and it has to align with God's sovereign will for man. It cannot align with our own thoughts and our own passion. Um, our own emotions, because that's what we have a lot of going on. It's an emotional um, thing. As most of a lot of the things we talked about um, has to do with the soulish realm. Everything that God reflects here, he said, I search the heart of man. Uh, he does, he's, he, the outer side is, is, is not, um, it's relevant to us because we, we needed to move about, we needed to walk and do things, but and in relation to the kingdom of God, um, the Lord is looking at the inner man. What is the inner man like? And, and we should also be making wondering, what is our inner man like unto God? What, how do we look in his mirror? Because um, we need to do that, you know, that self-examination, as Paul said, to examine ourselves, to prove ourselves not to be a reprobate. We reflect on and analyze each other so much, but we we don't take time to analyze ourselves to know are we really aligned with God? Are we walking the way that He wants us to? Which is now taking us off into the solution part um, of this time, and we'll, we'll be continuing on in Matthew 24 <coughs> next week. But um, I think this topic that we've been speaking on today is a very important topic. In order for you to know um, who you are with God and also to for you to have that firm relationship, that foundational relationship, that covenant relationship with God dimensionally that is going to keep you in, in this time because as Minister Belinda uh, spoke about, how can when you are closed up and you have nobody else to connect with, or are you right with God enough that where you know Paul and Silas they were in the jail and the, and the, the shackles were holding them and they they were singing? Can you have the mindset to sing to your God? Can you have the mindset to uh, uh, sing hymns to Him and praise Him in in such a situation like that? Um, that can tell you about where you are with God because some somebody may be saying, you know, something else. Someone may get to a point where they want to, uh, like Job's wife said, curse him and die. You know, you may have people that will be coming to you. Why don't you curse your God? Where where is your mindset going to be in that in that hour? God forbid that it ever happened to any of us. But where will your mindset be if you were like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going off into the furnace because you refused to deny your God? Where will your mindset be? Are you going to be a harness or are you going to be in the position where you can say that you have access to the uh, the uh, scepter? Uh, as Esther did, are you going to be able to uh, go down for the people and intercede? Are you going to go down and, and fast and pray as Esther did to have access to the scepter? Where will you be? Where is your mindset? Where is your body? Where is your soul now? Where is your spirit man now in relationship with God? 
It's a time for you to know because as Paul talks about the whole vessel, if you understand yourself, then you can understand where your strengths lie. You can understand where your weaknesses are, and you can uh, take uh, your weaknesses and, and begin to work on them and diminish them with the power of the Holy Ghost taking full control of you and surrendering. Where are you now? I'm asking you, body of Christ, because the, that's where the judgment starts at first. And we need to know individually, and we need to know corporately where we are so that we will be able to stand no matter what situation that you're in where you don't give up, don't give up God, where you don't give up your relationship with Jesus Christ, where you don't, don't uh, lose your place in the kingdom of God. Because it's a valuable place to be in now. It's more weightier than gold, more weightier than silver, more weightier than the things of this world. And we have some choices to make now. You know, um, I love that she brought about Paul because Paul is one of my uh, most favorite writers, too. Um, When Minister um, uh, Gloria Vasquez brought out uh, Paul, I love his writings as well. It's it's so deep and penetrating uh, to the mind, the spirit, and the soul, and it's very transforming. And um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he's writing uh, to the Corinthians, and he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit uh, and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. How be it we seek wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so... That the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. No, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom 
teacher, but with the Holy Ghost teacher. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. I'm going to repeat that. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritually, that is spiritual, judge all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. For whom have known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen. But we have the mind of Christ. Um, Minister Belinda, share your solution. I, I want to have some time for us to pray for the body of Christ before we close out. You know, when you gave Paul that Paul is a, an example, this was a man that uh, was well-versed and educated man and had authority in the world to kill God's people. But yet God calls him out and he submits himself to God. And even in his, his as he walked with him, God had to circumcise him in his mindset over and over, you know, to let him know that it's it's not what you think, Paul. You know, when that uh, net came down and God told him not to call what he calls clean, unclean. So the answer is to allow God to circumcise your mind. You know, we're called into the kingdom. That doesn't mean that we are there in places inside of us. But as we commit ourselves to God in humbleness, you know, and he was telling them, he didn't come in excellency of speech. He didn't know anything, but he was willing to know what God said and remain in what telling people, not what Paul thought or his education, God said. So that's the key to anybody that's in Christ is to have an open mind to hear God. And if God says your thinking is out of line, let God circumcise you. You know, because he was taught there are certain people that are clean and certain people are not. But God said, when I call clean, don't you dare call them unclean. So there's a lot of things that he had to let go of in order to obtain the things that were profitable because he, he was no longer walking in the natural, but in the spirit. So as long as we allow our flesh to rule, our natural mind to rule, we're ineffective. You know, and so God is saying, uh, especially when that Paul, Paul uh, I believe it was Paul, but I meant Peter, uh, he said, silver gold, I have none. Why did he say that? That man was wanting a natural thing. He thought the answer was the gold. But it wasn't. He needed healing. But he said, get up and walk. Those that are things that are obtainable are not attained in the natural but by the spirit. 
And that's my, my input for that. Amen. And we're sharing our final solutions with the body of Christ for what they need to do to be aware of false prophets and how to gird up um, their loins and be in the relationship with Abba Father and Jesus mighty um, minister Gloria Vasquez. Well, you know, in understanding the authority of God and accepting and submitting to the Lord in terms of uh, staying in covenant with God, in terms of accepting, you know, that, that covenant of circumcision. In other words, it's a circumcision done by the Spirit of the Lord on our hearts. He removes the world, the uh, influence from us, and he, he gives us his Holy Spirit. He transforms our hearts. He renews our minds. Um, but the world will try to crowd out God. And they have a, a whole lot of pretty things. They will present uh, a, a lot of uh, fancy words. You know, some very beautiful people get up and uh, dress uh, beautifully, and they present uh, very attractive, you know, presentations. And we can get easily distracted if we're not a discerning people, if we're not a people with open ears for the gospel of the Lord, if we're not a people that have opened eyes, that are able to see and discern the things of God versus the things of the world. And I tell you, in um, Colossians 1.12, uh, Paul says here again, for our proud confidence is this. And, and, and here I want you to keep in mind also the, the proud confidence of the world. Because this is what I'm talking about. When people get up there to those podiums, you know, they don't come... Uh, looking like homeless people, they make some incredible presentations in the world, you know. Um, but Paul says, this is our proud confidence, is this, the testimony of our conscience that in holiness, in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially toward you. So here again, he's understanding, he's, he, he's not denying that this issue of the world is a very real environment. It's a re very real influence. It's a very real place that the godly people have to live in and deal with. He's not denying it, but he's talking about the anointing and the authority that he has in Christ, and he's making a clear distinction that he is a person of Christ and his message is of Christ, that everything about him is submitted to Christ, that the, the message he's bringing forth is inspired through the Holy Spirit of Christ. That everything, everything about him, all of his presentation is of Christ. And so 
he is not denying the things that are, are, are in the world, that he's in the world, and that all this influence of the world, but he acknowledges Christ as his authority and that everything that he's bringing is through the Holy Spirit. And so even he, he, he even talks about his pride. He's very aware of this pride, and he's constantly bringing it under. He's bringing his flesh under. For our pride, our proud confidence is this. He's specifically talking about his pride here. He's talking about where his pride is coming from and where his confidence is based in. And he's making a, a, a clear stand. It is all in Christ. Um, you, you know, the importance of this is that when people don't make this distinction that Paul is making, and they become proud, and they take a little fancy podium, and they put on a little fancy suit, and they, they think they've got some fancy words, immediately they put it in themselves. Their confidence is in themselves. Their pride is in themselves. And, and that's where they mislead. And this is where we find all these false teachers, false prophets, false doctrines. And, they, you know, people look with unholy eyes. They're listening with unholy ears. And they become attracted to the false thing. Because the enemy is not going to present it in a, in, a, in a humble way. He's going to give you everything that's going to lure you through the flesh. So we've got to stay in our spirit, open up those spirit eyes and ears, get in the word, and hear the word of the Lord discern. Uh, the other thing, I, and I, I know I'm, I'm going to be here quick about it, um, is be aware of how the message of the world will deny the cross of Christ. You know, and we, uh, we also have to be aware of how the message of the world will deny and try to downplay the word of God. They've got a lot of philosophies, a lot of ideologies, a lot of uh, fancy terminology, and sometimes they will even try to use the same jargon. We were talking about that a little earlier. But they, their message is not of God. And because the jargon sounds the same, they're twisting ever so slightly the message of, uh, of the word, and they're, they're taking it into a whole different arena. And isn't that how the enemy got Eve? Did God really say? And understand, this is very intentional. It's, it's rehearsed. It's practiced. It's intentional. There's a lot of money and propaganda uh, there's a whole lot going on behind the scenes before they bring that fancy presentation out. They've put a lot into that in the millions and billions to intentionally bring it deceptive, but yet bring it in such a way that it will lure the flesh that's in all of us. So to not be deceived We've got to be discerning. And when a word is denying the cross of Christ, denying the name of Christ, denying the word of Christ, denying the spirit of Christ, are we able to discern it? 
And if we're not, then we've got to say to ourselves, it's because we're not enough in the word. And I tell you truly, the elect can be deceived. Because even though the elect are studying the word, they're studying it, yet they may not be studying it enough. They may not be uh, breaking it down enough. They may not be chewing the meat of the word enough. They're in it very superficially because the truth is even the elect can get very busy. They've got families. They've got jobs. They've got a whole lot of distractions going on. And that's exactly what the world wants. That's exactly what the enemy wants, to bring enough distractions, get you busy enough, present pretty enough podiums and platforms and messages to get you distracted, even if you're the elect. But when God is being eliminated, the word of God, name of God, spirit of God, if it's being denied and eliminated, then your antennas should be up and you need to get into the word for yourself. Beloved, get into the word of God. Because true authority, remember God is king of kings, Lord of lords, the ultimate authority, the ultimate power, the true authority. You can, is Christ and you can be, when you are in covenant with God, when you are committed and submitted to the Lord God, he will exercise his power on your behalf. He will anoint you. He will bring you into the body. It's a spiritual body of Christ. He will circumcise your heart. He will transform it and renew your mind. He will not fail you when you are in Christ, in the word in the true word of God. Be a discerner. Choose that for yourself. Choose it for yourself today. Amen? Amen, amen. That's a good word. That's the only way. The only way is the Holy Bible and your connection with Abba Father, the Holy Ghost, and the Son, all in one. Um, Minister Jacqueline, please share your final thoughts and your solution to the body of Christ. Um, and and we also talk to um, those that may be listening in that do not know the Lord as their Savior as well. Go ahead. Amen, amen. Um, uh, Minister Gloria, I was just blessed by what you just shared because you touched on so many different things and so many things that are actually even going on in the world today. You, the, the Lord definitely spoke through you that you would touch on all those things. And um, the one thing that I would like to share with um, those that are listening is first to, to humble yourself. Humble yourself and be honest with yourself in, in locating yourself where you are. If, if things are not going according to, you know, um, where you are and you, want, and you want to get closer with the Lord, and that's for the believers as well as the unbelievers, it first begins with a, a humbling of yourself and being honest with yourself and that the Lord can come in and renew your mind but you must take time out with God and his word. Spending time alone with the Lord is really, really um, a real critical aspect because as the scripture has said in, in Revelation 12 and 9, I remember when I first this got into my spirit and I want to share this, and it says that um, in the great dragon was cast out that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Because that's his goal, 
So nobody, not even the elect, are off limits to the enemy. So he comes for everyone. And those who who have already accepted Christ must continue to pray and stay on guard. And those who have yet to know God, it, it would be the best decision that you could ever make in your life is to give your life to Christ. When all is said and done, heaven and earth will pass away, but only the Lord, the word of the Lord shall remain. And to ensure that you don't end up in the pit of hell because you can believe it to exist, and some people don't believe in heaven or hell, but I'd rather be prepared for them in the event that it does come down to happen, and I believe that it will. So I would encourage anyone to just humble yourself, be honest with yourself, and reach out and get a relationship with Christ Jesus, not the church per se, but get a relationship with Christ that you can repent of your sins, get to know the Lord, spend time in his word, allow him to enter into your heart and renew your mind because the world has fluttered us with so many different things, but it's only going to be by the grace of God, but you have to allow God to come in. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he's not going to invade your space unwillingly. So I would admonish anyone, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, get to know the actual creator and savior of your soul. And if you are, you have accepted Christ, get closer. The word says, if you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you, that the Lord can bring change and growth in your life. Amen. Amen. And Minister Belinda, um, for, can you please um, lead anyone that's out there that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior um, that may just happen in and be listening in? We do have people from all over the world that do listen to the programs, um, even in Japan, China, Russia, Malaysia, um, uh, Africa, uh, UK area, uh, Europe, um, Canada. So um, might be mindful that we are talking to the whole world out there. Yes, yes. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, ask him to come into your life. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. You know, and repent of your sins. Uh, God will endow you and equip you with power to overcome all the obstacles in your life. You know, he said heaven and earth will pass away before one part of his word will fall. So if you are anchored by God's word, Anything outside of that will fail. It's going to fail. The word says it. But if that word is inside of you, it will not fail. It will not fall to the ground. It is the power of the living God. He said heaven and earth will pass away before that word. So if the word cannot pass away, it's inside of you. You're anchored in that rock. Then that foundation is the living God. All you have to do is ask God to come into your heart. And repent of your sins and ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. It's it's been given to us freely. And you can sit down and learn of God. For those that say, does God really exist? 
triumph for yourself. Ask God to, if he's real, to manifest himself to you, and he will. Amen. Um, I want to read one more scripture, and I want um, Minister Gloria and also Minister Jacqueline, after uh, Minister Gloria, if you could share your thoughts with uh, those out there that may be listening in, that, um, you know, there's a lot of people that believe that they're Christians, but um, the question is, are we born again? Have we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Have we received the baptism of the fire? Are we walking in the true born-again state that Jesus would have us to be in? I'm reading in John John 3, and um, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest. Except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So kingdom of God is off in us. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God in you. So Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter into the to a second time into his mother's wombs and be born again be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. So if you haven't had the baptism by water, I would suggest this the time for you to do so. And then it says, of the Spirit, if you haven't had the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's the time to do that. He can cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and when it whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, the, if you have been baptized in the Spirit of God, there will be an open display and evidence of that. It is not by someone teaching you how to speak a, speak tongues. It, it comes by the baptism of the Holy Ghost itself. And and there's a lot of false teachings out there that says that we can teach you how to speak in tongues. And that is not true. It comes by the power of the Holy Ghost. And the way that uh, you receive the Holy Ghost is to seek it. That's what Jesus says also is that we, if we seek it, we will, we will have it. Um, If we seek ye the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, everything will be added. So we have no excuse because the Lord says he is revealed even through his creations. Even if no one told you anything, he will reveal himself. So it's up to you to avail yourself and really diligently stop 
where you are and start seeking the Lord in the truth and spirit that you want him to, you want to surrender and you want him to live in you. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Uh, Minister Gloria, please um, talk to the body of Christ about being born again because, again, that's another area that we're missing. You talked about, um, you know, these wise, big, wise messages, and I, I think you're coming from an area of experience. I know I've experienced as well where, you know, being in in the, behind closed doors and being on the pew and being behind the pulpit and uh, evangelizing, going out into the field and <laughs> so many different things, you know. But it, these things you know by experience. Share share what you would like to, to the body of Christ in that area. Amen. You know, when we talk about being born again, if we need to be born again, then somewhere something must have died. And what is it that caused us to die? It was sin. Sin breeds death. Nothing else. That's all it breeds. Sin breeds death. And we have this flesh that is dying. And it's attracted to the world. Our flesh is attracted to the world. It's almost as if, as if we talked about covenant before. The flesh has a covenant with the world and sin. It is given to that. And so everything of this world will attract our flesh. And if we're not born again in the spirit, if we're not baptized by the spirit, we don't have the Holy Spirit living in us. It's the Holy Spirit that is the living thing in us. If there's anything that's living, it's the Holy Spirit. Once we receive Christ, we receive his spirit. And that's the only thing in us, in this body of flesh, the only thing in us that is living is the living spirit of the living God. And so we have to submit our flesh, bring it under the thing that is living. Otherwise, we're going to have eternal death. That flesh will lead us to an eternal death. And so we need to submit to the living spirit of God so that we can go into eternal life. It will lead us to the eternal life. It will help us to understand the spiritual things of God. It will help us to be able to choose in our daily, moment-to-moment living, the things of God. And so we definitely want to choose this day, today, the things of God. Because if we don't choose it today, I promise you today, the things of the flesh will attract you somehow. The things of the flesh, if we give, um, if we allow it to just run rampant with our lives, even today, it is bringing us closer and closer to eternal death because nobody promised us tomorrow. Nobody promised us this afternoon. So in our daily moment-to-moment walk, we've got to be conscious of how uh, we are living. Are we living in the spirit or are we living in the flesh? What is our choice moment-to-moment? And once we live in the spirit, then we can access the things of God. 
The Bible says that the Lord puts before us a feast table. He sets a feast table for us in the presence of our enemy. Well, guess what? The enemy is trying to kill, steal, and destroy our life, our eternal life, in the today. In the moment-to-moment living of today, the enemy is very actively trying to destroy because he wants to influence whether we have that eternal, de- uh, eternal death or eternal life. And he wants us to have eternal death. And so while we're just distracted, we're looking you know, at those fancy podiums, we're looking at those fancy whatever the world presents, the enemy is very focused on one thing, bringing about our eternal death. And so we have to choose eternal life, and it's about being born again in the spirit, but we've got to choose it for today, too. In Romans 6.22, the Bible says, but now, now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, because I promise you, if you're not a slave to sin, if you're not, if you're not a, a slave to God, you're going to be a slave to sin and the enemy. So it says, but, but now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit, and it results in your sanctification and the outcome, eternal life. The benefit that you will get in choosing is, will be right now. If you choose the, the things of the Lord, you will be in your spirit the Lord sets that feast table for you in the presence of your enemy. What's on that feast table? It's discernment, it's understanding, it's wisdom, it's humility, it's kindness. It's knowledge of, of God. And as you live your moments day to day, and you know, here comes that enemy, you can choose your weaponry right off that table. Wait a minute, I'm going to be in that situation? Hold on, I'm going to choose some wisdom. I'm going to choose some faith in Christ. I'm going to choose some knowledge, and I'm going to go into that meeting. I'm going to deal with, that, with the situation there. Hold on, the, the enemy's bringing this person against me right here? Oh, I'm going to remix what I'm going to choose off my table? Because, you know, you can choose off the table at any moment every day. I forgot to pick up discernment this morning when I chose my weaponry. Let me pick up a little discernment right here. Let me pick up the Lord gave me understanding. Let me pick up some more of that understanding off the feast table. But if you're not in Christ, you don't have those benefits. You don't have that feast table. And how are you going to deal with your day, your moment to moment, when that enemy is all day long trying to bring harassment, distractions to kill, steal, and destroy your eternal life. How are you going to deal with it when you have no benefits of the kingdom because you didn't choose to be born again? The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Christ died at the cross. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. The flesh died, so what's left? It's the Holy Spirit in us that's going to live. But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Because this flesh is dying. It's a dead thing. 
But the only reason we're alive is because the Spirit of God is in us, keeping us alive. And it says, and who loved me and gave himself up for me? How did he give himself up for us? He died. He took our... He took our sins and gave us his righteousness. And that righteousness right there, we talked about anointing today. There's the anointing. There's the anointing right there. He took our sins. He gives us his righteousness. He took our eternal death because sin breeds death. And he gave us his eternal life. There was an exchange at that cross. We died with him and we become born again. In Christ, through the Holy Spirit, we get the Holy Spirit in us. In Ephesians 2, verses 4 to 5, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, which means our sins, we were dead, he made us alive together with Christ, And by grace, by his grace, by God's grace, by Christ's grace, by the grace brought to us by the Holy Spirit, by grace, you have been saved. Saved to what? Saved to what? Saved to eternal life. We've been saved to eternal life. We've been given life anew in the Spirit. Here in Colossians 2, 13, It says, when you were dead, you understand, you have to acknowledge we dead when we are in the world, in the flesh. There's no other condition for us. It's just death. That's what we are. I know we look at ourselves and we put on our pretty makeup in the morning and our pretty outfits. We put on some perfume and we think we smell good, but we're dead if we're not in Christ. That is the condition. And we have to accept that. Until we acknowledge that, we think it's something else, and it's not. But the Bible tells us, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, the flesh cannot come into covenant with God. It cannot be in fellowship with God. It cannot be in peace with God. The flesh is against God. The flesh has one attraction, the devil, the world. It cannot be in a fellowship or in covenant, it cannot be with God. Only the spirit, living spirit, is in unity with God. So it says, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he, who, Christ, God, he made you alive. Alive. Together with him. With who? With God your father having forgiven us all our transgressions, and having been forgiven of sin, we now have again life, eternal life, through Christ Jesus. I'm going to just go on with just two more verses, please. Colossians 3, 1 to 4 says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, raised up with Christ, raised up from what? From death. It's like being in a grave before you have Christ. You are literally in a grave. In a spiritual grave, you can be awake in, in, in your body, but you are in a spiritual grave if you don't have Christ. It says, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You put on that spirit of the Lord consciously every day, moment to moment. You've got to put your spirit man on, put the flesh under and put your spirit man on. And as you walk through the day, you're choosing off your feast table because now you have the benefits of God. You choose from off your feast table the things of God. You're not listening to the world anymore. You're not, you're not in those books that are going to take you off center from God. You, are, you have now a whole feast table to choose from. And it says, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Those things of earth are going to drag you right back into your flesh. And they're going to drag you away from God. It says, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God now. Your flesh is under, it's dead, you're dead to sin and the devil, and now you are alive in Christ. And it says, when Christ, who is our life, he is our life, the Holy Spirit in us, he is the living thing in us. When Christ, who is our life, who is revealed, then you also will be revealed, revealed with him in glory. Why? Because we are so now united. Our spirits are united to Christ that when he is revealed, guess what? He's coming back for his kingdom, and we too will be revealed. Why? Because when he died, he exchanged our sins for his righteousness, and we've got the mark of God on us. It is the righteousness. He is alive in us. So when he comes back and he's revealed, we will be revealed because he is the head and we are his body. We are one with him. We are in covenant with him. We are one with God. And so as God moves, we also are moving with him. Mm. And the last verse is just one, uh, it's, uh, 1 Timothy 6.12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Truly it is a fight. That enemy is right there. He's standing on the other side of that feast table. It said, Excuse me. The Lord has set a feast table for us in the presence of our enemy. That enemy is right there watching, ready to devour if you let him. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the present, you know, we have, we live in a spiritual world. Yes, we live in a physical world, but we live in a spiritual world, and we've got witnesses. When we make our confession for Christ, you know, the Bible says that when Jesus rose up, he went up, the, the Lord brought him up. His throne is above every throne. And when he raised him up, he raised him up above principalities, above rulers, above dominions, you know, above everything that, that is. And all of that was witness. It, it is witness. When we uh, confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, not only does everything on earth know it, but everything through the heavens know it. Because as he rises up, we rise with him. And all of that is a witness that we belong to God. So it says, fight the good fight of faith. I tell you, take all that weaponry, all of that benefit that you have on that feast table, and use it today, daily, all day long. But you've got to choose Christ. Amen. 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 Minister Jacqueline. Minister Jacqueline. Um, Sister Jacqueline. Yes, ma'am. 
Okay, can I ask for you to pray? We're going to spend the last few minutes uh, praying for the body of Christ. And first, I want to ask if you can um, take about five minutes and pray for the leaders that they they will not fall into the hands and the systems of this world, that they will remain faithful unto the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dear Lord, Father God in heaven, Lord God, we come before you right now, Lord God, humbly as we know how, Lord God, always lifting up the name of Jesus, Lord God. But, Lord God, I ask you, Lord God, to place your hands around your leaders, Lord God, Place a hedge of protection around them, Lord God, that they continue to walk uprightly before you, Lord God, that they are not drawn away by the lust of their own flesh, by the pride of life, or Lord God. Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that they are not being deceived by Satan's plots and schemes, oh God, to pull them off, that they are not smitten, Lord God, by the things of this world, Lord God but they hold true to the uncompromising word of God. Lord God, that they teach your people, Lord God, that which you have spoken unto them, not for profit or for self-gain, Lord God, but because, Lord God, that is your will and you have ordained them to be in places of position, Lord God. You said you have called those, Lord God, in, in positions of authority, Lord God. And, Father God, we believe, Lord God, that your word is true, Lord. But I ask you, Lord God, to continue to keep your hand around about them, Lord God. Keep their hearts tender before you, Lord God. Let them not get puffed up in themselves, Lord God. Let them not, Lord God, stand in the way and try to take your glory, oh God. Because that's when pride is able to creep in, Lord God. Let them remain humble. Let them to admonish them and, and tell them how good they are. Let them bow in humility and, and say, to God be the glory. Give all the praise back to you, Lord God. That they not to try to take not one bit of it, O oh God, because there go I but by the grace of God. Let them remain humble, Lord. Let them know that just as you have breathed in, Lord God, you can take life right out, Lord God. Let them not, Lord God, try to stand in your place of authority, O oh God, but just stand in the place where you call them to be. Allow them continually to continue, Lord God, to be the conduits that you call them to be, that you pour into them, Lord God, and they continue to pour into your people, O oh God. Nothing taken, nothing missing, nothing lacking, O oh God, but allow them to be content, Lord God, because we believe, Lord God, is what your word says, that in due time, Lord God, Promotion comes from you. You will exalt those that you deem to be exalted, O oh God, and you will raise up all, Lord God, in their due time and in their due season, O oh God. Let them not run ahead of you, O oh God, but let them always humble themselves, O oh God, and, and follow hard after you, seeking your face, O oh God, spending time in your word, O oh God. Allow them not to get so busy, Lord God, with the cares of the world, Lord God. And for those, O oh God, that may have to still work a job, O oh God, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you will give them the proper time management, oh God, that they will always find time out for you, Lord God, that spending time with you so that they can continue to feed your sheep, Lord God, is the number one priority, Lord God, that they don't say what you don't tell them to say, oh God, and when they truly say, thus say of the Lord, it is because you have spoken unto them, oh God. Let them not, Lord God, try to step in in any way, 
outside of what you have told them to do, oh God. Call them to complete obedience, oh God. Protect them, protect their families, oh God. Keep them, Lord God, in their hearts, their minds, and their soul, oh God. Let them not go astray, Lord God, with his ways of seduction, oh God, to bring them things and, and to offer material things, oh God. But let them place their treasures in you, Lord God. So, Father God, again, Lord God, we just ask, Lord God, that you would strengthen them and you would keep them, Lord God. I pray for them, Lord God, right now, Lord God, that you will protect them, oh God, because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, oh God. And he seeks those, Lord God, that you have anointed, oh God, because he wants to come and try to bring shame, oh God, unto your kingdom, Lord God. But he is defeated, oh God. So we come against every trick and plan of the enemy that he is plotting against your leadership, oh God, against your calls out ones, Lord God. We bind it right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We place it under their feet, oh God. You said that you've given them authority, oh God, to reign and dominion and power, oh God, to 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 have dominion over the air, the sea, and all that's within it, Lord God. So I thank you, Lord God, that they're walking in their godly authority, oh God, but they're also, Lord God, that they remain humble, Lord God, and they realize that it's only because of you that they're they're not great in their own self, oh God, but they're only great, Lord God, because you have made them great, Lord God. Keep them humble before you, oh God. Let that be the the mindset of all that come to worship you, Lord God, because we're nothing without you, Father, because we only can do that which we do in Christ, Lord God. You said that heaven and earth will pass away, but only your word shall remain, Lord God. So I thank you right now, Lord God, that they take the time, Lord God, that they're studying your word, Lord God, that they're showing themselves that they are approved and that they don't have to be ashamed of what they're doing, oh God, but they can stand up in your godly authority, oh God, that you've given unto them, Lord God. Let your anointing, Lord God, increase on their lives the more, Lord God, as they humble themselves before you, oh God, that you're able to trust them, Lord God, with that which you've given unto them, oh God, and they don't step to the left too far or to the right, Lord God, but they walk the straight and the narrow, oh God, because you've called them, oh God, and they're humble and they're bowed down before you, oh God, not wanting to go ahead of you, God, not falling behind, oh God, but are moving alongside with you as you tell them to do, oh God, in your anointing, oh God. Father God, allow them, Lord God, just to remain mindful and humble, oh God. Pierce their hearts, oh God. Let that, that the anointing that you place on them, oh God, let it to penetrate their hearts, oh God, and just that they would remain humble, Lord God, in every manner of business that you give to them, oh God, let them not seek to get their own uh, praise, Lord God, and their own um, uh, recognition, oh God, but let them be patient and wait on you because promotion, real promotion comes from you, oh God. So I thank you, Lord God, that they're patient because they love you, because they love you most of all, oh God, and that's why they're humble before you, because of their love for you, oh God their love for you, their hearts are after you, and their hearts are for your people, oh God, not for themselves, not for a worldly ambition, oh God, not to be recognized, not to be put on a platform or a stage, oh God, let them be humble, oh God, in the backside of the desert, oh God, let them be content, oh God, with wherever you place them at, oh God, if you put them in the forefront, oh God, let them be grateful there and just remain humble, if you have them awaiting, oh God, 
for your promotion. Let them be content, Lord God, where you have placed them, oh God. Let no man, Lord God, want to step out of order and be ahead of your plan, oh God, because you are the sovereign God. You know everything and you do all things well, oh God, in decency and in order, oh God. So we thank you right now, Lord God, that the leadership of your kingdom, oh God, your kingdom that expands, Lord God, not just in this country, Lord God, but around globally, oh God, that we're connected. We're all just one body, one kingdom of God, because your word says, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, oh God. So I thank you right now, Lord God, that their hearts and their minds are to serve you, oh God, not themselves, not their own personal agenda, oh God. If you never do anything else for them, oh God, let them be content with where you have placed them at, Lord God, as long as, Lord God, as they are feeding your sheep. And your people continue to grow, oh, God, and the enemy does not have his place in them. And, Lord God, most of all, let them not compromise your word. Let them not twist it around, oh, God, so that it sounds good, oh, God, for those who may very well have itchy ears, oh, God. But let your word, you say, you said your word is sharp, two-edged sword, oh, God. It comes to divide asunder bone and marrow, oh, God. So we thank you right now, Lord God, if your word, it may cut deep, oh, God, but it cuts, it comes, oh, God, like that surgeon that needs to be operating on that specimen, oh, God. We thank you right now, Lord God, that they're open and they're humble before you, and they allow you, Lord God, to make, break, and recreate them, oh, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for each and every one of them, every household that's even represented here, oh, God. I thank you, Lord God. For Dr. Ganny and the ministers on this call, oh God, for their families, for place that you're placed a hedge of protection around them, oh God, because they truly love you, oh God, and they're serving you in the best of their ability, oh God. Rain down on them, oh God. Those, Lord God, that we know are walking up rightly before you and are serving you, oh God. Bless them, Lord God. Let them walk in your overflow, oh God, and your surplus, because you said you come to give life abundantly, oh God, in abundance, oh God. You are not mm. an. an an evil, an, an even, even Stephen's God, oh God. You are greater, oh God, than anything that we could imagine, oh God. You come and we think that you already put, uh, provided greater for it, oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. So we thank you right now, Lord God, for your word, for your hedge of protection, oh God. Protect these that are here on the call, Lord God. Protect those that are, are connected with Dr. Ghani, oh God. Her, her ministry here in the States and abroad, oh, God. You've placed an awesome ministry, oh, God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have yet eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, oh, God, what you are going to do in these women, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, oh, God, that their names will soon, oh, God, be household names, oh, God, that people will not just run because of them, oh, God, but because the anointing and the God that's on the inside of them, oh, God, because they seek you, oh, God. They're not seeking things, but they're seeking you, oh, God, and you can trust these women, oh, God. That's, that's, the, that's the most awesome thing, oh, God, that you can trust. Trust them, oh God. You don't have to worry about them trying to take your glory, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And that's what you look for in your servants, oh God, in your servants, oh God, that you can trust them, oh God, that they're humble before you. Glory to your name, oh God. Father, Um, I have your each and every one of their lives, oh God. Continue, continue, oh God, to show yourself mighty, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. We bless you. We thank you. We magnify you, oh God, because there is none like you, Lord. There is none like you, oh God, none like you, oh God, not in the heavens or the earth, oh God, Lord God, and we bow down before you, oh God. We humble ourselves, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, God, we worship you and we adore you, oh God, because you are great and you are mighty to be served, oh God. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. As only you can do, God. As only you can do, God. We trust you. We believe you. And we worship you. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. We pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you, Father. Thank you. Yes, Lord. Well, we thank everyone for listening to the Kingdom Mandate today, and uh, I hope you all have been blessed, and we will be back again here next uh, Saturday from 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be here with the Kingdom Mandate talking about continuing through Matthew 24, and we're going to jump into Matthew 25 directly after. So I hope you guys will continue to listen in and stay with us as we go over Jesus' prophetic message to the body of Christ. And we want to say thank you again, and God bless you all. May the grace of God be with you. May he empower and equip you for the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Bless your father. Yes. the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc.